the San Jose Sharks hang on in epic fashion, going ahead late with a William Eklund goal and beat the Winnipeg Jets 2-1. to one. We'll talk about that and a little bit more after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and join the conversation, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the social media page or the app. Check us out on the YouTube chat, on the X Machine, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Reddit, Discord, and of course all the shenanigans happening at the TikToks. <laughs> Find all of that and more at TealTownUSA.com. And uh, come support the pod over at Venmo at TealTownUSA. And uh, it really helps us out. And again, it goes to the uh, Get uh, Puck Guy New Internet Fund. <laughs> Let's see if we can entice uh, Xfinity with uh, uh, with a little bit of a cold hard cash to get him uh, some new internet going on. <laughs> well, I'm uh, happy to be joined by uh, Mark Eisenberg. Mark, how are you doing this evening or late evening for you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's been a long time since we've done a pod together. It has. It has been a while. And um, again, dude, it's good to see you. <laughs> you as well. You as well. So, I mean, we went into this season. We kind of knew what the expectations were. You've seen where the team is at and, and kind of where it has kind of evolved to now. What are your just wide brush thoughts with how the team is playing now versus how they kind of got out of the gate? Um, I think they're playing fun hockey. I mean, that's the that's the first thing I noticed. Like, I'm actually enjoying watching Sharks games. It doesn't feel hopeless going into a game. I'm, I actually have confidence in these guys to um, put in the effort to battle for each other. And even if they fall behind, battle back now based on what we've seen on that recent road trip. Um, but I think you can see that multiple lines are now producing with the team. Um, certain players have found their game and I think at least from an offensive perspective, the sharks are definitely, um, lengths ahead of where they were at the start of the season. Um, defensively, I mean, tonight, good effort tonight, only give up a goal. Um, despite all the wins and the great comebacks we've seen, they have been giving up a lot of goals still, but I feel like that's kind of expected with the, you know, the defensive unit that we have. Um, but overall, I mean, you have to be pleased with what we've seen from the sharks over the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, either, yeah, no, AJ, thank you so much. Appreciate you, uh, putting up the, um, the, uh, transcript from the zoom call so really appreciate that and uh hope you're feeling better buddy and uh you know we're we're both thinking of you so hopefully hopefully you're on the mend and um you know we get to hear your silky smooth radio voice coming up <laughs> but um uh this is coming from Eckland. so much more fun way better than way better winning than losing and totally totally appreciate it and um you know appreciate what Eklund has to say there because this is a guy who you know we're, there's a lot expected from him from where he was drafted right and there's a lot of uh 
there's a lot of growth that he needs to add to his game and and we continue to see it night in and night out and that they think that that's the real enjoyable part of this portion of the rebuild is that you get to see the players kind of grow in front of your eyes and kind of mature and kind of uh, you know take on more responsibilities whether that's in the defensive zone or heck even just tracking back on the way in which they um, or, or you know keep stick on the ice when they track backwards or if they're um, you know some work on skating backwards some work on um, you know, really trying to excel at stick checking. So, you know, we can start to see the evolution in his game. Now it's not perfect, right? He took a couple of penalties this evening and um, we'd like to see that kind of cleaned up in his game, but you can definitely see the 200 foot game starting to really grow and take hold with him. What are you seeing from, from Eki Mark that that's kind of making him more of a complete player right now? Yeah, I think as you mentioned, the one thing that is always fun about rebuilds, especially if you're like really following prospects from the time they're drafted, is you get to see these players kind of, you know, grow into a professional. Um, Eklund, we all know the talents there, right? We've seen him since day one in camp, pulling spinoramas, the dangles, the great moves. But to last in the NHL, right, you have to develop a full game. Um, And I think we are seeing that. Uh, you called out the penalties, which I think to make it even worse, uh, one was in the neutral zone and the other was in the offensive zone. It's just, you know, Quinn's going to have a conversation with him about that later on. But um, I think what we are seeing is, though, more consistent um, production in the offensive zone, which is 100 percent what we're looking for from Eklund. He, you know, he's actually impacting the game consistently i'd say every game now um that he's on the ice which whereas before you know he'd have his spurts he'd look really good here then he might take a night off but uh, i really like what i'm seeing from him um i don't have any like crazy expectations from him this year of being some sort of like 30 goal 70 point player immediately but you definitely can see the talents there to grow and become um possibly a top a permanent top line forward yeah, no, I think I think we're starting to see that evolution, you know, just kind of before our eyes. And so I the correction, um, AJ is in the chat. So if you guys want to throw some love to AJ, I'm sure he would really appreciate it. Um, but uh, Puck Guy is running the uh, running the account tonight and getting the uh, after uh, game quotes. So really appreciate that, Puck Guy. And so um, again, kind of Eklund, just you know, continuing to echo the sentiment. Everyone's playing for each other, seeing Granny, Cunny, and Mario block shots. Uh, it's so much fun to be a part of this team. And again, like you had kind of mentioned, just good to have the team uh, have fun. Good to see the team having fun. Good to see the team out of the doldrums. And uh, quickly before I like rem- I, I uh, you know get sidetracked anymore, Jerry F, Super Chat, thank you so much. Uh, I'm celebrating another Sharks win with my son tonight. Great. Awesome. We say hello to your son, Jerry. And uh, thanks for the great coverage. Well, we appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for being a great uh, audience member and participant because, you know, it, we, we can't uh, we can't do this without you. And um, so, again, we really appreciate that. Um, but kind of getting into the game, uh, first off in that first period, uh, the Sharks and uh, the Jets, uh, you know, really kind of a tale of the Sharks just bringing it kind of from the puck drop, really um, initiating their their presence within the offensive zone. Um, you had a lot of zone time, a lot of possession and and 
you know, quite frankly, a lot of shots on goal. I mean, it ended up being 15-15 at the end. But in that first, you know, the first 10 to 12 minutes of that period, it was just completely dominated by the Sharks. And the Sharks would eventually cash in on uh, Justin Bailey's first of the year, first as a Shark. Uh, first since 2018, I believe, was the graphic uh, that was popped up. But uh, he would get uh, in on the scoring with Mike Hoffman and Jan Ruda getting the assists. Um, so, again, good to see Justin Bailey uh, get that and, and really, you know, the guy that's put on so much work to see it kind of being rewarded. Um, it's one of those moments that you got to savor as a Sharks fan because, again, there's not a lot of – um, there's not a lot of uh, great moments right now in the, for this team, but that's one of them. Um, and and I guess Mark, I I guess when when I'm talking about, we, we, I guess another uh, tidbit that I saw come across on the graphics package this this evening was the Sharks have 64 players that have scored goals since the since the 2020 season and it's the most in that span other besides chicago chicago i believe had 63 and the sharks had 64 or we had 63 and they had 64 and it just kind of goes to show you how many players that they're cycling through when when do you when do you see if a guy is just a guy versus a guy who you should bet on because right now, from what I'm seeing from Justin's game, I, I really like the player that I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good question. Like, in these rebuild years, you tend to get exposed to a lot more of these type of players who are kind of like journeymen players. You know, they have uh, abundance of experience down in the AHL, and they've kind of, like, jumped between the NHL and the AHL. And I think that's sometimes some of the enjoyment, too, because you tend to root for these guys because, you know, they're playing their heart out, too. Like, they may not have the raw talent <clears throat> of some of these other guys we're referring to, like an Eklund um, or a Granlund or some of these other guys, but they've been battling. And when you battle for years in the AHL and you're doing well, you sometimes get rewarded. I'd say right now, that's what's happening with Bailey. And it's actually fun to watch. I mean, that guy's got jets. He can fly out there, which is something I did not know about him before this stint with him in the NHL. Um, so I think he's actually been a really decent player since he's made the jump up. I think he's got four or five points. Um, that was a really nice goal he scored tonight. And I think he's very noticeable most of the times when he's on the ice, whether it's via his speed, his physicality. And even he's got decent puck skills. So, I mean, I don't think he's got any sort of, like, top six future with the Sharks. Like, we're not talking that. But in terms of enjoying what he's bringing right now for this period of time, um, I like it. I like what I'm seeing from him. And that's, again, those kind of guys, you have to root for them when you see them. It's a good story. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, you know, you, you bring up a good point. Not not all the players that you bring in have to be, you know, perennial all-stars, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Justin Bailey, to me, could be a guy that would be uh, a nice little asset on a fourth line if you wanted to have him as a skill player or, or a guy who's not afraid to use the body because he was making some good body checks out there tonight, too. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, again, just we kind of see these players get cycled through, and it's just one of the questions that I've always kind of had in the back of my mind is <clears throat> when do you move off a player and when do you kind of keep a player that, that kind of has gotten cycled through, right? Because obviously there's a reason why he's gotten cycled through. But um but again, you know, when he when he's made when he's been 
with the Sharks, he's made the most of his appearances. So that's what I like seeing from him. Uh, quickly to end up that first period, Brendan Dillon <clears throat> would float just uh, what can only be considered a duck fart to the uh, <laughs> to the net. And um, honestly, I don't know. I don't really know how that one snuck in um, top corner. And uh, again, they would they would end up getting a goal. They might they actually could have gotten more than just one goal in that final you know, that final eight minutes of the first period, because quite frankly, as much as the ice was tilted in the first 12 minutes, it was completely tilted the other way in the last eight minutes. And again, uh, good, good on Blackwood for, for putting in a, you know, a sneaky good uh, night tonight. I mean, you know, yeah, it would end up having a 973 save percentage for the evening, but really kept them in, in that latter half of the first period. And, I don't know what you saw out of that goal, but Mark, but it was not a thing of beauty. Yeah, um, it's fluky. And, you know, if that's the only goal Blackwood gives up all night, you have to be happy with his performance. There's not much he can do about that. It floats into the net. Nothing could do there, really. Um, but like you mentioned, I think Blackwood, it was a sneaky good game just because I don't think he had quite maybe the crazy acrobatic saves we've seen from him at times this year. He did have a few, but he was just constantly in the right position, making the saves he needed, um, retaining the puck when necessary. And, you know, yeah, you can't really say more than a goalie who has, what was it, 35-plus saves and only one goal against in a game. So, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, 36 or 37. Yeah, 36 or 37 was his statistic ending up being tonight. And, you know, it's, it's one of those tales. It's like when you have the goalie, it makes you know, things get easier when you don't have the goalie. Things are completely exponentially more difficult. So, um, again, I think we'll see if, if Blackwood is a little long-term solution. I think right now anything is up in the air. Um, as he could be a guy in which you try to resign. He could be a guy you try to get assets for at this point. If you're not named Hurdle or Eklund, I think that you sh- we should be listening, um, and and that goes for for pretty much everybody on the roster, um, outside of those two. Maybe a, an Addison or I don't know who a or Thrun, you know. But you know, besides the young kids, I mean, I I would love to see the team start to really convert some some of these assets into um, into futures. I don't know about you, Mark, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of an interesting conversation at this point because coming into the season, I mean, that's how you were analyzing the Carlson trade, right? You're thinking, okay, is it just the first rounder or, you know, can Granlin turn into another pick? Um, Same thing with like Hoffman and then even the signing of Duclair. But um, at the same time, I'm starting to like some of these players. Like they're, they're playing well. Like you watch Granlin and it's like, this is the exact kind of player I've wanted the Sharks to have for a while. A guy with a lot of skill and talent who just makes the game fun to watch. Um, so I think I think you put it exactly right. You have to listen, and if the right offer comes around, I think you pounce on it. Because um, in reality, most of these guys probably won't be there the next time the Sharks are competing for a cup. But that being said, I think you know you don't just you don't just send them away for nothing. I mean, their cap hits are not huge. Um, I think Graylin's around in the five million range. Hoffman's not 
more than that. I don't remember what he is either, but these are not guys that are breaking the bank and we're going to have a ton of cap space coming off. So I think you listen, especially around play uh, deadline time when teams are looking to fill in their playoff rosters, a guy like Grandlin Hoffman could slot into someone's um, top six. So, you know, a first or a second round pick could be dangled. And I think at that point you have to evaluate whether you really think they're part of the long term. But Blackwood is a different conversation because he's still not old and goalies, they're tricky. So, um, yeah, if someone comes with a first rounder, sure. Yeah, but I'm not going to give him away for, you know, a bundle of mid-round picks. Yeah, exactly. But, but I mean, we, we say that and, you know, I think the Timo Meyer trade was kind of maligned in the moment. But now with a little bit of hindsight and we're getting to see what each of these players are bringing, I mean, Zetterlin to me looks kind of like a young, a little bit of a young Timo, maybe not as much, you know, upside and potential as Timo did because, you know, where Timo was drafted and just kind of some of the physical tools that Timo has. But I look at the defenseman that they got back and, you know, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. And, and so, you know, maybe it is more of a let's take let's take multiple stabs or multiple attempts at the craps table and see what we get versus you know always trying to um you know hit a home run dependent upon where they're at in the in the draft order so it's just it's kind of interesting we're kind of seeing you know a, a little bit of a different philosophy where you know i think doug wilson was more of a quality over quantity i think we're starting to see that that Greer is a little bit more of a quantity over quality uh, type GM, which I mean, look, it's it's a different direction, a different philosophy, um, but we're starting to see some of those fruits kind of, um, you know, kind of be be bore um, because of this um, change in approach. So again, kind of interesting, but one guy in which we we do think is part of the long term, and he kind of had it you know, on display tonight, you know, there wasn't any, wasn't any second period scoring. And quite frankly, it was pretty dull. Um, I mean, it was 13 shots uh, in favor of Winnipeg and 10 shots in favor of San Jose. It wasn't as, as quick paced action as it was in the first. I think the second was a little bit more of a slogging type event, but in that third period um, at, at 1509 mark, um, the Sharks would go on the power play and William Eklund with just a beautiful, um, snapshot at the, across the uh, across the circle, um, right right above the dots, and uh, it was just a really kind of nice one timing snapshot, and that's the kind of goal in which you want to see that kind of player um, pot. And and I don't know, like like we kind of opened up with with Eklund, you know, I, we we wondered about where he was at at the beginning of the season so far as conditioning and so far as headspace. I like I said, I think we're starting to see the maturation right before our eyes there, Mark. What do you what are you seeing from Eki again? Like he's just starting to find the 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 right time to add to the game. Yeah, I think the confidence is up. I think um you see the last few games, he's putting up points. Now he's got some goals as well in there and I think that shot shows confidence. The shot shows that he's got a decent shot, which is something we definitely speculated on before this year, um, having his production been down. Um, that last season he was in Sweden, and then obviously not 
dominating um, the AHL. He still put up, had a good season, but not dominating. So a lot of these things we were speculating really where he was in his development. And I think we're seeing game by game um, development there. And I'm very interested to see kind of who he's going to be. Um, I'd probably say the second half of this year. I mean, I really like the who he's been playing with um, and the impact he's been having, um, specifically with Hurdle, obviously. But yeah, I mean, he's exciting to watch. You know, he he. I think in the end, he ends up being probably on the lower end of a first line winger on a comp- competing team, or maybe a really high end second line winger. Um, but that's he kind of reminds like, me of exactly Patrick Marlowe's pa- Patrick Marlowe. Like Right, like a like yeah. a like a Patrick Marlowe type. I I think you know he could be a player in which you could slot him on a first line and he wouldn't look out of place. Probably more at home on a second line, um, either being the, the the center or being the winger. I would probably yep. be more apt to say if he's a second liner, he might be more of a center type, and if he's on mm-hmm. the first line, he'd be a winger. Um, yeah. But again, I think a guy who's got a lot of versatility. I think he's got. I think underrated creativity and you know, it's got a decent set of wheels. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a burner, but I also wouldn't say like he, he, you know, is struggling to get out, you know, on the ice and, and to able to skate. I would say he's pretty efficient in his movements. Um, but I would say we are kind of concerned that he gets physically manhandled off the puck a little bit. And then when he does start to kind of physically tire, you, you see him make some uh, mistakes as far as penalty goes and trying to grasp at a, at a player instead of, you know, letting the player kind of go, go. I mean, he's he's trying, right? He's, he's trying to not let his, his mark, um, you know, get out in front of him. But unfortunately, when he's taking a little bit longer shifts and not re- realizing how much his body is taxed he puts the team at risk you know for a, for a fresh player to take advantage of that so i think that's one thing that'll come um with time you know i think that that's mm-hmm. just a veteran type of of um understanding of of the game but i, I mean again the growth is great and and like i said before mark and and i've been continually saying it after every ever after every after dark try to say that three times fast (laughs) um (laughs) that i just want to see good habits be made you know i want to see good habits be made i want to see um the team you know correct themselves in flight um and i think we saw that on display tonight where he takes those couple of really dumb penalties and yet one it you like the fact that David Quinn's putting him out there on the power play late in the game. He doesn't see him as a defensive liability there. And, and two, you know, he executes in the latter stages of the game and completely changes around the narrative of, of his night, right? Because if we were talking about him and the Sharks lose two to one and, you know, he's taken a couple of bad penalties, you know, he's blown a couple of, of assignments his whole night changes but because you know he stuck with the game he's he you know kept you know continued to play where whether he was um sat a shift or whether he was moved down a line but you didn't see a you didn't see him pout you didn't see him kind of be stuck on those penalties you saw him have a very quick memory you saw him be able to shake it off essentially and and really 
be able to contribute something. So again, it's good to see the growth. And um, that to me is the sign that, you know, you're, you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. And on that note, I think a quick way to get forgiven for those mistakes is to score the game winning goal in the final closing minutes. So um, I think you also could see in his demeanor during the penalties, I think he knew that he messed up. Um, you didn't see him like yelling at a ref or anything like that. I think he knew, you know, I took my hand off my stick or whatever. I put it on the guy's shoulder and, you know, that's something that I have to own. And then what does he do? He kind of made it his responsibility to have an impact in the game in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just a couple, just a couple quick ones. We'll go through the chat here. And thank you, chat. Really appreciate all the kind words and appreciate all of the um, all of the back and forth on on Hurdle. I think it's a great discussion to have at Hurdle at Center. Or excuse me, Eklund at Center. And we had the same questions about Hurdle, right? When when Hurdle first started, you're like, okay, well, his faceoffs aren't that great. He doesn't have really great wheels. You know, it seems like he's really tied at the hip with Burnsy and with with Jumbo. And you know, what's he going to be? And then he ends up being. You know, I I think this year proves that he can be a number one center and and hold that that uh, that mantle up. Now, if he had some help, <laughs> that would be awesome to see. Um, but again, I think Eklund he could he can work on the faceoffs. I mean, Sidney Crosby took a season, uh, you know, a, an off season to work on his faceoffs and end up you know ch- completely changing the narratives on on how he takes and approaches faceoffs. I think Nate McKinnon. I think early on in his career, that was a big you know, that was a big uh, concern. And, you know, he's a Stanley Cup winner now, and you, you don't worry about faceoffs with Nate McKinnon. So, again, it's something that you can learn. It's it's what's between the eyes and, and what's between the ears that you can't teach with these players, right? And and some of them innately kind of know where to be and, and innately understand the ice and the soft areas. And when I say soft areas, it's just in which the coverage is kind of depressed or, or they can understand in which um, the defense – um, kind of starts to sag back and you can kind of see that and visualize and he's got that vision and and that to me if you if you got a player that can see the ice well like that you got a player that that is mobile enough that he can be efficient in the way he moves and not struggling to move out on the ice that that's a powerful combination especially if he's he's better with his hands than not and I think Eklund is that that kind of a player and um, again, because of where he's drafted, there's going to be a certain level of expectation. Um, and I don't want that interrupting his development. Um, I think early on in the campaign, you saw it wearing on him a little bit, but I think you're absolutely right. The confidence is just building. And um, I think the next couple of years is going to be very interesting to see where he goes and if he can continue to manufacture this this type of effort on a consistent basis. Yeah. And also I think what we're seeing is become a little bit more of a norm in the NHL is taking some of these young players and not giving them quite the center responsibilities right off the bat and helping them kind of grow into that role starting on the wing. Um, Cause it is one of the tougher positions to play in the NHL. Whereas a wing you're kind of relieving some of those responsibilities. Um, so I think, you know, he definitely has that upside. He definitely, when he was drafted, was considered a guy who could play center. So we'll see kind of if that is a role for his future. Um, uh, But it'll be interesting to see the development. Like you mentioned, consistency is such a huge part 
of a young player's game and really the difference between when these young players become like point per game players because to be a 70 80 point player in the nhl you don't take many nights off right so i think at this point um consistency is the key and we're starting to see that with him yeah no i i think you put it right on the right on the nail on the head there um so i guess kind of quickly kind of just glossing over some of the chat they're asking you know a little bit of a consensus of where where is this team right now i mean do we do we see this team as building upon you know these good uh games or do we see a team in which okay you know the 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 team will regress back to the mean and that mean was pretty horrible hockey do we think we're we've seen the worst of it, or do or do you think that there's still a lot more pain in store? I'm on the I'm on the pain train. I think that eventually this high is going to wear off, um, but I kind of want to get your understanding a little bit, um, Mark, on on uh, where where you think the team is at. I definitely agree there will be pain, um, but I don't think there will be embarrassment like there was earlier in the season. Um, I think. The constant losing of like 10 to 1, 10 to 2, and those kind of efforts, I think hopefully those are in the past. Um, but what I do think is realistic is kind of a blend of nights like this and some of the games from the road trip mixed in with, um, yeah, some 5 1 losses. Like the thing is, on paper, our forward group isn't terrible, but you still look at a defensive group and while there's names in there that I like and I'm seeing some really good performances recently, it's still not a team that has strong defense. So you're going to have these nights where there's probably like five or six odd man rushes and Blackwood's just not able to save, you know, 35, 40 shots. So I think in reality, we're still going to be bottom of the NHL, bottom five, bottom four. Um if I had to place a bet, I'd probably say bottom two or three. But what I have seen here at least gives me faith that we're going to see competitive hockey um, and at least effort from the team and not just like tucking their tail and looking like an AHL club um, as they did the first 10, 11 games of the season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, they, look, just, I'm just looking at the roster right now. There are definitely some pieces where I think could be had. I think, you know, I liked Thrun's game this evening. I mean, it was pretty sheltered. It only had 13 minutes on the ice. And Caleb Addison, same thing, 13 minutes of ice time. But I've, both, I've liked both of their games. Um, Ohutiuk um, had a little bit more at almost 16 minutes uh, tonight. But, you know, you're looking at, guys like Jan Ruda having 20 almost 22 minutes and Mario Ferraro almost 25 minutes and Kyle Burrows only almost 23 minutes for Kyle Burrows I mean um, that that defense leaves a lot to be desired and I think you just look at that and you go that's not that's not a defense of a of a that's a defense of a bottom five team to be completely honest. And like you said, there's a few names in there. I like a Thrun, Addison, Ohutiuk, those I think were the guys that you kind of build around um on the back end. But I think I look more at the forward side and I go, there's there's some there's some nice little pieces in there, whether it's a Barabanov or a Hoffman or a Granlin or um, you know, a, a Duclair or a Conan or a Sturm. I mean, there are some pieces in which, you know, you, you would be listening to if, if somebody came to you and said, hey, we want to 
you know, I want to give you a second round or a, you know, a second and a third or a, you know, B level plus kind of prospect. I think the Sharks should be listening. And, and I think that it should be pretty much anybody not named Hurdle um, and Eklund be, be available at the right price. Um, because other than that, I mean, I, th- I think, again, you're trying to still maximize assets at this point. Yeah, I'd say we're still only a year or two into the rebuild in reality um, with a few more years of trying to stockpile those draft picks um, that could get expedited via winning a lottery or something like that. But for the most part, you know, this is a slow process. And, you know, people you thought of the- that process. People thought that that process will that they thought that that process started, you know, when in the years in which Eric Carlson was still here and they were and we were losing, right? People were like, oh, okay, well, so yeah. they're starting the rebuild now. It's like, no, not really. The rebuild kind of really, really got into full start mode after Carlson's trade. Yeah. Yeah, and a rebuild rarely starts with a number one pick. Like, usually a rebuild starts with, like, something in the six or seven range because a lot of teams just cling to thinking they're still a playoff caliber team. And then it's usually you kind of really go really for broke, and that's when you start getting those first, second, or third overall picks. And I think the Sharks are kind of right in the middle of that now. I think, like, this year, next year, those are the years where we're going to be looking at the one through three range, depending on how the lottery falls, and then those are the key pieces of your next generation, hopefully, mixed in with some of the other assets that you've hopefully acquired via either other mid-first-round picks, someone like Musty from last year who's like a late-first-round pick. Like Those are the guys who are more of the complementary pieces for those you know, next-level players in hopefully you know, a Celebrini or a Will Smith if he develops the right way, like those kind of guys. For sure for sure well we've hit the half hour mark so i think this is about our time to start wrapping up so in case you missed us and you want to catch us again check us out across all of the podcasting platforms that being on the youtube rewind the uh, podcasts from apple the apple podcast store excuse me the google play store uh we've got soundcloud we've got spotify tune in iheart and then the Odyssey app, and then always at tealtownusa.com. You can always find the podcast there. You can always find the YouTube Rewind there as well. But we really appreciate uh, everybody checking us out this evening. And, uh, you know, again, we we really, hearts are, are uh, kind of open and, and all out for, for AJ and, you know, hopefully making a speedy recovery. And thank you so much for joining us, AJ. You know, and like I said, we're, we're thinking about your buddy and, and uh, you know, hope you feel better. Um, but, Mark, I wanted to, uh, you know, quickly kind of end with, um, you know, what, what are your final thoughts for the team? What, what kind of thought of the evening's action and uh, where the people can find you? Sure. Uh, first off, echoing your uh, statement, feel better, AJ. Definitely thinking about you there, buddy. Um, in terms of final thoughts for the team, I'm just enjoying watching the Sharks again for the first time in years. So that's kind of a nice thing, you know, competitive games and, you know, try not to think too bad about every two points that moves us ahead of the bottom of the standings at this point. So, um, yeah, you can find me as always at Mark E Mark S J S on Twitter. And then on some of these great after dark game podcasts. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. And yeah, no, always, always love talking puck with you. Um, as far as my final thoughts go, um, again, this is just one of those games in which, um, you build upon, you know, this is the kind of, you know, this is the game that you look back on 
you know, when when the team is is entering a stretch to go compete for a wild card spot, and you go, man, you know these these games in which we were not good, you know, we we put up a, a, a stout effort, and you know we were able to get some late game heroics. You know, this is where you draw from the experience that you're you're gaining right now when you're in the in the doldrums. Um, so again, it's good to get those wins. Um, I, I I still think that the team is going to be struggling, but um, like you said, you know, trying not to worry too much about the wins. Um, but uh, but other than that, you know, I'm seeing good habits. So that that's what I'm most happy about is to continue good habits. As far as uh, where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's E R I K, last name L A N D I, across all of the social media garbage. And for all of us at Teal Town USA. Thank you so much for checking us out. Of course, we go live after every single Sharks game. And then, of course, we have our great Pucknologist show on Sunday at 7. So come check it out. Of course, we also have uh, great interviews and uh, we have editorials that go up on the website. So, again, we really appreciate everybody uh, checking us out and uh, coming to uh, join our community here. So, anyhow, for everybody, we, uh, we like to say uh, keep it real, keep it teal. And keep it real, Teal. Uh, We'll catch you after the next game. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Have a great evening.